answer that question by asking you two questions. One, is this or is this not? Chasing history. Jake Larson. I needed to find this Shaka Khan song. I couldn't think of the name of it, and so I had to stop in the middle of the sidewalk. And two-time Nebraska walk-on tryout participant Colton Stone. <laughs> I'm putting a 12-6 that only has a 12 right at the batter's head. <laughs> yes, it is. Two, do I or do I not currently have a pulse? Yes, I do. Let's play football. Good morning, beautiful people. It's 10 a.m. on a Friday. You know what that means. It's Chasing History time. Chasing History on 90.3 KRNU Lincoln. I'm Colton Stone alongside Jake Larson. Jake, it's... It's going. It's it's going. We're live two weeks going. in a row. We're still here. We we are, what, three episodes into season two. Haven't gotten canceled. Don't know why we got renewed, but here we are. How are you this morning? Didn't we technically get promoted? We got. We not only got renewed, we got promoted. How how do you, how does that feel so far? <laughs> That's the worst business decision <laughs> anyone's ever made. <laughs> anyway, I am But we're grateful for it. You know, uh, yeah, I'm not going to argue. Um I might a little, but I mean, Freaks and Geeks got canceled after <laughs> one season, but we're still going. I don't I don't get it, but you know what? What do I know? <sighs> so, other than that, doing pretty good. Got a little bit of work in this morning, maybe. Yeah, um, I did some research. Um, we got plenty of good stuff to talk about today. Nose to the grindstone? What was that? You said you put the nose to the grindstone? Sure, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah, we it got plenty working of, hard. But yeah, we got plenty of great stuff to talk about on today's show. We're talking about uh, backup quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, why In people, lieu of... Uh, Andrew Bunch Potentially starting, starting t- tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about... Uh, how it's sad that people took the steroid era for granted, um, along with other stuff related to Why that, we should bring him back. Why we, uh, Jacob deGrom, uh, going to talk about his interesting run. Um, we're going to tie that into the steroid era thing. Um, talking about with the NHL preseason starting up pretty soon, if it hasn't already. Um, Let's see, it's September. It's got to be pretty close. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about our favorite yeah, tomorrow, um, actually. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Tomorrow at 1.30 a.m. Who's does? So anyway, we're going to uh, discuss our favorite um, defunct NHL teams. So, yeah, we, we're going to probably try to keep it to a top three, but I already have a couple of I've got honorable like, mentions. I could, make so. like a, I could make a top ten. I, I'm, I'm making a top five, and I have some really painful cuts right now. I'm just going to read the Wikipedia page of all the defunct like said, teams. I've got... I've got a top five, and I had a really painful cut, but got to do what you got to do. All right. Well, I want to start out with two two little bits of history mm-hmm. um, that happened in the past week. Last Saturday, uh, South Florida played Georgia Tech. Uh, I think it was at I think it was at home. I think they were playing Georgia Tech at home, uh, and their punt returner by the name of Terrence Horn. Was uh, son of Joe Horn? I don't think oh, so. Okay. May I? No, not that Horn. Um, that'd be awesome though. But he is a he was a high school state champion in the hundred meter dash. So naturally, you put that guy as your kick returner. Yeah. And he had a he opened their scoring with a ninety eight yard kickoff return for a touchdown. So then Georgia Tech gets the ball back, and in the meantime, I'm on the couch like watching this game, and I'm like in and out of sleep. And I, I closed my eyes for two seconds, and it's like, end of the first quarter, 17-14. I was like, what happened? And Terrence Horn, after Georgia Tech got like a quick touchdown, he returned a 97-yarder back for a score. So back-to-back, uh, which is only the 25th time that someone has returned two kickoffs for a touchdown in the same game. And then it's the first time that it's been back-to-back since 2014, um, Trevor Davis for Cal did it against Washington State and uh, I pulled up the article but it, it also said uh, obviously no one's done it uh, three times and I think they may have been writing this during the game um, but they said no players returned three kickoffs in a single game so if the Yellow Jackets for some reason kick him the ball in the second half there's a shot at history <laughs> and I, I think they started just kicking him short and like mm-hmm. making other guys return the ball which was smart but yeah so there you go you know what the worst part about that is what? Is that kickoffs are still part of football? Okay, we were. I don't. We don't need to get into that. But <laughs> we started to get into it at work yesterday, and punt I, returns are so much better. Start with a punt return. 
so <sighs> much more exciting and so much safer. Safer, yes. Remember how we just said we're not going to get into this? <laughs> he also tallied 229 kick return yards in the first quarter, which set a school record for the most in program history. The previous mark was 192 <laughs> in a game. So he did it in a quarter. That's, And then, um, yeah, we don't need to get into the kickoff thing. I, It's the most exciting play in football. That's besides the point. Anyways, it's also the, the most dangerous. The most exciting? No, kick return is. I don't know. Punt return happens. It doesn't happen too many times. That's not what I was going with. What happens too many times on punt returns is that it's either a fair catch or the, the return's like two yards. And but that's the same thing that's happening off. with kickoffs too. Is just like they're almost always touchbacks now because people don't want to get hurt. So we'll leave it at that. Anyways. Um, other little bit of history, because we are going to talk about a lot of baseball today and pitchers specifically. Aaron Nola for the Phillies reached 200 strikeouts for the season last night, which is the first Phillies pitcher to do so since 2013, because the Phillies probably haven't been good since about 2011, and, and I've been th- through all of those painstakingly awful seasons. And also, I want to end with one thing. Okay. Uh, or not really end, end the opening. And we're ending the show, and I we're mean, only... Five minutes in. It's probably best for you guys. But <laughs> anyway, uh want to give a happy retirement to Brandon McCarthy of the Atlanta Braves. Have you heard about his final stats? I have not. He finished with 69 wins and a 420 ERA. Is that why he retired? You know what? It's a good reason. <laughs> if he had those stats, I think I'd be like, you know what? Calling I, it quits. Yeah. I'm hanging him up. 420 ERA. You've only been in the league for... 13 years, I think. <laughs> That's too bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, he had a few years left in him, but he sacrificed him for his, <laughs> to sacrifice him to keep for the greatest stat, level. stat line. <laughs> He's going to become a DH. So he, he probably had like, like three All Star games, three All Star <laughs> appearances, all just like at the age of 36 through 38. He, he got. He could have reinvented himself as a knuckleballer, but it's like, nah. <laughs> And all, all the times he made it to the All-Star game were because of the fan vote, and he's got, like, the last spot as a reserve. It was like going back to the NHL. I think it was John Scott when he was, like, this, like, goon enforcer, but they voted him as the captain of the Eastern Conference All-Star, <laughs> and, he was, and he was sent down to the AHL the week before. <laughs> oh, my god. Then he goodness. ends up scoring two goals somehow. My goodness. That's just silly. Um... You were talking about it. I, I kind of want to go with the NHL thing first, just because yeah, it, absolutely. it's uh, interesting. I I think to to see how many times they tried to make hockey work in different cities. Um, None it, of them worked in the playoffs. <laughs> a lot of them didn't work, or or they worked for a little bit, and then a, a new franchise bought them, or you know, et cetera, et cetera. But um, so with the NHL preseason on. On the horizon, I guess, like you said, it's tomorrow. I didn't realize we were already that close. But um, I'm trying to see how many teams have officially been disbanded. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, like, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, about 19 or 20. Uh, you kind of forget which one comes after 18. Yeah. Well, I stopped counting right at those last two, so I don't know if I, oh, it's okay. going to be 19. I, I have trouble with that. Um, oh geez, and some of them only played like one season, so I don't know if you really. I mean, yeah, they, a lot of them count, but a lot of them, it's like the Kansas it, City Scouts. That's not, a good one, but no, but a lot a of list, them, but. a lot of them are like from like nineteen, like ten. It's like team team disbanded in honor of the coach's cow that died, and like <laughs> it's like ridiculous. One of them, like a, financial them, problems during the Great Depression, exactly. were like one of six them, of them. One of them, there was a team in Montreal that disbanded. <laughs> there's a funny one. Okay. Yeah, there's a team in Montreal that disbanded because their arena caught on fire, and well, they're like, ah, I give up. That's what I was just reading. Lack of Montreal Wanderers, lack of available players due to World War One and arena burned down. <laughs> Their name's the Wanderers. We, they, it burned down. There's a World War Two, but I mean, we would be playing if. We... I mean, we got a nice little. <laughs> I got a pond out back. Oh, so yeah, and then some of them were just sold, seized operations due to strike. You know, fi- most of them were just financial problems, which that's mm-hmm. that's just how it works with a lot of teams that end up folding. Um, that so that's not like anything I'm reading going. 
what do you mean they had financial problems? They wouldn't have got rid of it if they didn't have financial problems. So, um, but without further ado, I guess if you want to just, we don't have to do a snake draft. We can just go back and forth. If you had to pick your top, who's your number one defunct team that oh, I thought I was going to start at five. Back. Oh, we can come with, yeah. Start I, the, the bottom. This that's, isn't necessarily ones that should come back. I'll let you know if they should, though. But my number five is the Pittsburgh Pirates who barely edged out the Colorado Rockies because both of them are baseball names. But the difference is people kind of remember Colorado Rockies because they played in the 80s. But the Pittsburgh Pirates were literally the exact – played at the exact same time as the other Pittsburgh Pirates in, like, the 1920s. And they had the exact same logo and exact same colors. And it's just like, ah, you can play hockey too, I guess. It was like a high school team where they just have every single sport. <laughs> my uh, My number five would probably be – the, the Golden Seals from California, only because you look through their history. And they changed their name like and five they, times. They have just and it been, wasn't even their like nickname. It was like their city. It's like Oakland, California, <laughs> uh, Bay Area. Yeah. All right, let's leave. And then on t- and then, yeah, and then when they leave, they, they've been drug along so far that they went from the Golden Seals to the Cleveland Barons, from the Barons to the North Stars, to the North Stars, to the Dallas Stars. And, and the so- Dallas Stars are probably going to move. <laughs> Can't play hockey in Texas. Yeah, so. Exactly. Well, you can so, play yeah. in California, though. So my number four is the uh, the Cleveland Barons. Okay. And because their situation was so bad that they merged with another team, and that team could, more like, still I think miss the playoffs after they had they had the best of two teams put together, and it's like I don't know if we can get that eighth seed. <laughs> Well, and it says here, both teams with financial problems to date. The Barons are the last NHL franchise to seize operations. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're uh, uh, nine, 1978. Uh, number four for me is any franchise that's played in Atlanta, because why would you keep trying to make it work? Like, it's, it's not going to happen. The Flames became the Calgary Flames, so that one worked out for them. And then the Atlanta Thrashers were actually around for a while, but I don't remember them ever being really that that they good always, at hockey. They were always awful. Um, but then you look at like the the teams down there. Tampa Bay for a while was just kind of so so. The Panthers were only kind of okay. Um, even Carolina was. They had their ups and downs. But the one <laughs> the one thing that stayed true was that Atlanta was going to have a bad hockey team. The Thrashers was a cool logo and nickname though but they ended up becoming the winnipeg jets after the winnipeg which, jets became all, the coyotes which first of all and they then, should have that uh, winnipeg or atlanta which one should have a hockey team i mean it the choice is obvious uh, yeah exactly and not atlanta. like that but like <laughs> what i like too is like throughout like the history of atlanta culture always you always see like the atlanta like braves throwback jersey with the light blue right uh the atlanta hawks with the red and gold Never once have I seen any form of Atlanta Flames or Atlanta Thrashers like in a music ever in my life. No one cared. And I think their attendance average was like twelve thousand. Like over For the, the Flames or the Thrashers? Thrashers. I don't know about the Flames. I know the Thrashers were an absolute. I mean, joke. I'm, I'm. It's probably not going to be on it. Stanley Cups, none. Uh, conference championships, none. Presidents trophies, none. Uh, one division championship in 2006, 2007. Yeah, they were. There's your Atlanta Thrashers. Yeah. So my number three is the Kansas City Scouts. Okay. Uh, Logo's pretty sweet. For the Kansas City Scouts. Yeah. I don't remember. It's just like it's Kansas City, and so I'd probably root for them on some level of the. Ooh, ooh, that's pretty nice. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like. Well, I was gonna say it's kind of like the basketball team that played down there, but why can't I remember the name of that? The Kings. Yeah, there you go. Because they also played in Omaha. No, what was the other one? Oh, the Racers. That's the one I was thinking. Well, of. the Omaha Racers were CBA. Yeah, different thing. But Kansas City that's Kings. That's what I was thinking. NBA. Of. Yeah. Anyway, Kansas City Scouts. Um, I just know that since they're from Kansas City, I'd probably root for them on some level. Because even as a Raiders fan, I'm like, oh, I like the Chiefs. So, like, I always have to like the Kansas City teams. So, I feel like I'd be the same thing for the Kansas City Scouts. They existed. Uh, my number three is the Minnesota North Stars. One, one of the best logos oh, yeah. um, in, in all oh, of yeah. hockey. That's a given. Both their, um, both their main one and their, like, new one that they had for, like, their last season. Right. Um, they were the longest standing and if you i guess if you add up all the other changes when they were the cleveland barons um 
you can you can also add that with how long their history was. But the, they they lasted the most amount of time, and then um, they became the Dallas Stars, which I hate the Dallas Stars, but. Um, yeah, they should have reasoning in search should have never moved. Honestly, not only did it say you know they didn't say they folded or anything. You know what it should have been is when they moved to Dallas. Dallas should have just changed the name, and then the Minnesota Wild should have just been the North Stars. It should have just been oh yeah, like a reincarnation of it. Yeah, like it should have been like the Dallas, but it could have been Yeehaws no, or something. It, I don't know. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think that name's taken. Um, well, and then the other yeah, thing, what a great name! I can't believe no one's ever thought of that. <laughs> We should start a franchise. Um, but the thing, too, is, you know, you you look at situations like the, the Cleveland Browns where the current Browns organization is not the original Browns organization, mm-hmm. but they claim all of the... They should have done something like that with they, Yeah, they could have done something. Well, and whether no, it's right or wrong that Cleveland claims everything that's not theirs, but... But also, like, it's fine. Are the Baltimore Ravens going to go, no... We were the Cleveland Browns when we won that title. No, we are the Cleveland Browns because we are the Cleveland. It's whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's not a big so, deal. Um, number two. But yeah. Yeah, number two for me, Quebec Nordiques. Great logo. We're tied with that one. Great logo. I'm trying to I'm trying to find online a, uh, a Joe Sackick Nordiques jersey. I think that'd be great. <laughs> well, and, and they became the Colorado Avalanche, who. Um, that's a nice. That's arguably, a good logo. I like them. Maybe. My. Uh, my dad and I, I'm wearing a Sharks hat, so, you know, I like the Sharks. My dad and I both like the Sharks, but we both, um, I mean, we're both kind of suckers for, for logos in the NHL, mm-hmm. and the Wild have an incredible logo. Yeah, and so do the Colorado and, Avalanche. And the Avalanche has an incredible logo, and the best one is, like, the Yeti foot, which oh, yeah. is, like, one mm-hmm. of their, their alternatives. Yeah, I know exactly and what you're talking about. I, I, I just think it's it's one of the uh, one of the things that... Should be brought back more is is Nordique's uh, alternative jerseys, but and that's and out of the ones I will say, without taking without putting in my own personal bias, that is the one team on my list I will say that like like in logistically thinking they're the ones that absolutely should come back. Yeah, because there's not a team in Quebec, right? In Quebec City, yeah, there's not a team in Quebec City. Um, and that I think that would make seven. I think that would make seven NHL teams in Canada. Honestly, it's just a matter of who put, do you get rid of. And not only that, they can't put enough NHL teams in Canada. Like, seriously. The National Hockey it Well, it's soon it's going to be the International Hockey League. But Yeah. Well, they did, just, they did just add a team in Vegas. So they could, in theory, just add a 32nd team mm-hmm. in Quebec. But the thing is, they're also talking about that 32nd team is going to be Seattle, which makes sense. I seem that, that seems like... The Supersonics. I don't think that's ever been done. No, they could be, you know, another one. They should be the Seahawks. Oh. I mean, there are like two Pittsburgh thinking. Pirates. <laughs> Piratesy, Pirates Eye. What's the plural for Pirates? I think it's just an apostrophe at the end of Pirates. Pirate Eye? <laughs> All right. So. Number one. Far and away, number one. Great. At- far and away. I like it. <laughs> Hartford Whalers. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Is that your number one? Yeah. All right. There we go. Honestly, uh, I do have a couple NHL games old enough to have them in there, and every time there, that's my team. I don't have a, I don't have an NHL team right now. I'm an independent. Except You're an for, independent hockey fan. But um, Hartford Whalers. If they come back, there's it's it's over. I'm the I'm going to lose if if Hartford Whalers come back. All right. Let's see. One second. Well, the thing. You know, we joke about, not joke. The North Stars obviously had a really, they had a really cool logo. They had good uniforms, all that. They were pretty okay at hockey. Mm-hmm. But the Hartford Whalers had the best logo, and oh. still have the best logo. And like I said, they have the NHL best goal history. song too. <laughs> Brass Bonanza. If that doesn't get you pumped, I I don't know what to tell you. Pumped might not be the right word, but jazzed might be the right word. Oh, are you kidding me? I wanna, They're different. They're I'd different. be slamming the glass <laughs> like an orangutan on Adderall. <laughs> be breaking all your sticks before you get out on the ice. <laughs> yeah. In the locker room. You won't even be out oh, for yeah, pregame yet. If I was on the yet. team, I'd, 
I'd probably kill somebody <laughs> <laughs> on my team or not. I don't know. Just whoever comes uh, across my path first. Honorable mentions, uh, like we were talking about, there are plenty of teams. Colorado Rockies were mm-hmm. one. That was, uh, that was one for me. The Brooklyn Americans, classic. Good old 1925 to 1942. Uh, lack of players, financial problems, and World War II. He's like, I don't like this two-on-five thing. <laughs> the coach is out there playing. Uh, got the water boy out there. <laughs> the Montreal Maroons, uh, St. Louis Eagles, Ottawa Senators, who ended up obviously getting yeah. a new team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Philadelphia had the Quakers until they – Wait, are these honorable mentions or are you just listing them all off? I just list them all off at this okay. point in time. All right. Um, just because some of them ended up becoming new. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia – what are they now? They're the Flyers, right? Yeah. Flyers. Pittsburgh becomes the Penguins. Hamilton Tigers, I think, is one of the only ones on here. There's a couple on here. But it's one of the only ones on here that it's just nothing happened. All right, and, who's, and who's the next team to move? Um, Quebec moved. To no, the no, 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 no. Like, in the NHL right now, who's going to be the next team? Oh, who do you th- – mm. I'm going to Well, go. you said Dallas, but they've been talking about it in because – the Phoenix Coyotes became the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, I'm and then, with, yeah, I'm going to go with them. They Because Winnipeg disbanded, right? Winnipeg disbands and goes to Arizona. Yeah, they, they moved to Arizona. And then they change it from Phoenix to Arizona. And then kind of all help just breaks loose because it's trying to make hockey work in Arizona. Yeah, Which, because it's worked to get in it. California, but that's a little different. Because well, also, like, yeah, first of all, California has people from all over the place. It's 30 million people, and you do get occasional hockey players. California is such a diverse state. Oh, yeah. Arizona, like. And the difference between Southern California and Northern California, is like, huge. is huge. So, But, yeah, I mean, in Arizona, you've either got uh, people that are living out the retirement there or – um, you've got a bunch of college students that could care less. But Arizona State now has hockey. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're not great yet. And they're trying to join a conference, which I think is really funny that they're trying to join, like, the ECHA, which is the East Coast Hockey mm-hmm. Association. And I don't think that'll ever happen because who's going to want to travel to Arizona? I don't even think they can join, like, the WCHA, which is the West Coast Hockey Association because – no, it's Western still, Collegiate. Or Western Collegiate, but, yeah. Because, um, I, I mean, because West in, like, West in college hockey means, like... It's Nebraska. No, yeah, no, it means, like, Western Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. It's like, are you in Pittsburgh? It's like, sheesh. Like, North Dakota... You cowboy fights out there? North Dakota is, like, the coast in, uh, yeah. in, in college hockey. So, the fact that... I mean, they're getting there. But, yeah, I, I think the Coyotes are probably the next to move just because they they've been the most tumultuous franchise. So this far. has already been the most we've agreed on a one already in one show before. <sighs> all right, now let's fight. Oh. I hate vanilla. Um, yeah, it's all right. I love how in the notes too, it Might says as well drink creamer, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much before we move on. I just like at the bottom. It's got a bunch of notes. The team was not affiliated with the Pittsburgh Pirates of Major League Baseball. They literally just had the exact same logo, color scheme, and name. <laughs> this team was not affiliated with the present-day Ottawa Senators. The, and it, you know, it just goes, the team was formerly known as the California Seals, Oakland Seals, Bay Area Seals, not affiliated with the Rockies of MLB, not affiliated with the Winnipeg Jets of present day. And it's just like, oh, thanks. The 2004-2005 season was canceled due to the season lockout. What a also. sad time. I think that's the only time anyone's ever reported hockey in the United States. <laughs> it's during the lockout. Uh, Uh-oh. Bring him back. Who would... Oh, hold on. If if Arizona does move, who Harvard. do they become? No, they're probably going to be Quebec. You think so? I, I think that's a pretty fair assumption. It's, I think if teams are going to move, they're going to move to Canada. And, and if they're going to... Expand, I, it's going to be in the United yeah, States. Yeah, they expand. Expansion teams will be the U.S., Teams that relocate because we've already seen Atlanta move back to Winnipeg, so yeah. that's probably I think the, the next trend. one's going to be Quebec. And, and apparently, I think they just built like a new arena in Quebec City that's like pretty nice. I think they did renovations in Arizona too. They might just be wasting their money. Well, that's a well. They had to build a separate arena for Phoenix, the Coyotes. Yeah, because um, where the Suns play, 
they built an arena for them that was basketball specific. And so when because they uh, didn't have hockey. And so yeah, and so when Phoenix moved moved in, when the Coyotes moved in, um, because of the way it was structured for basketball, like part of the upper deck hung over like the ice, and they're like. I don't think we can do this. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I remember, remember. I'm gonna we, keep it real with you, Chief. This ain't it. <laughs> this, is, this ain't it. <laughs> oh, backup quarterbacks. Speaking of teams that relocate, Nebraska's relocating. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. They're relocating their position. No. Um. Taylor Mart or uh, Adrian Taylor Martinez Martin. got his knee lo- relocated. <laughs> On a dirty uh, play, but yeah. we're not gonna. Yeah, we don't play. need it. We don't need to entertain it. Yeah. So for the next, <laughs> um, for the next two hours. So backup quarterbacks, um, pretty, pretty extensive history of backup quarterbacks, at least in the NFL. Um, hey, let's start. Your honestly. man is at number one on this list, but what was that? I said my, man, my man, man, Kurt. Yeah. This man was bagging groceries and in the Arena Football League before taking over for Trent Green after his preseason injury. Yeah, he went from bagging groceries to having the first licensed Arena Football video game named after him. Oh, there's a Super Bowl in between, but like... Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I had the... Not, not to get off topic, but it wouldn't be chasing history. Um, I had the Arena Football... The AFL game for... Like 06 Xbox. Yeah, it was like 06, 07. Mm-hmm. My favorite team was the New York Dragons, I think, and the, like, and I liked the Jacksonville Sharks. And yeah, and going back to uh, like the expe- like the defunct teams. So there's in that five game, AFL remember, teams. There's like there's like there's like the eight current teams, and then you can unlock like the fifty that have been defunct in their fifteen year history. <laughs> and so I'd always play as like the Iowa Barnstormers, and like Barnstormers um, were good. Yeah, yeah, I played as the Barnstormers quite a bit. Um. I can't think of any other teams. Philadelphia Soul. That was one of the current ones in that um, game. You had the Georgia Force. Minnesota Fighting Pike was one of the <laughs> was one of the defunct teams. Um, oh, I didn't. It's not. I didn't like the Jacksonville Sharks. I mean, it's cool, but uh, Orlando Predators. That's what it was. Oh, Orlando Predators that. and the New York Dragons. I think we would need like three hours to go through all the teams that have been defunct in the AFL. Nebraska killer Michael Bishop was the quarterback, I think, for uh, Orlando in that game. He played for Kansas State in, like, the late 90s. Yeah, I think you're right. Either way. Backup quarterbacks in the AFL. Uh, (laughs) Get real specific here. Um, Like I said, pretty long and storied history of, of quarterbacks that were backups that end up either getting a starting job down the road, win a Super Bowl, or in the same season, win a Super Bowl. Um, and we're not saying, like, <laughs> Bunch is going to come in and Nebraska's going to win the national championship. That's what's going to happen. That's mm-hmm. that's how backups work. No. But, it, you know, with that being on the horizon, there is still a potential that Martinez plays tomorrow. Um, so that asks, who are, you know, we just did, who are the best, defunct NHL teams who are the best backups in NFL history and I think we're pretty I think we agree on number one it's it's Kurt Warner yeah the thing though too is that Tom Brady's on there but and you know Tom Brady's Tom Brady Tom Brady's two but yeah but I think the difference between the two is Tom Brady like kept a good team going right when he started Kurt Warner took like what was considered the worst offensive team (laughs) going into the season and right as he starts after being a fourth string, he goes from fourth string quarterback to turn to the guy who turns the worst offensive team into the, maybe the best offensive team of all time. So that's greatest, greatest show on turf. I mean, yeah, because they must have had some pretty bad quarterbacks so they couldn't make Tory Holt, <laughs> Isaac Bruce, Marshall Falk, yeah. Azahir Hakeem, all four of those guys make them look bad. Yeah. That's got to say something. I can't even like even before I mean Trent Green, but even before that, like who I mean, who is their quarterback? Who 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 is Tony Banks? Um, I have to look this up. Are we talking just in St. Louis? We talking like L.A. too? Because I'm looking at St. Louis like during the '90s. Because when they switched to when did they switch? They switched in the '80s, right? 
90s. 90s. 90s, okay. 95, I think, was their first season in St. Louis. Should have never left. I mean, I guess. <laughs> I mean, they're still winning. The Raiders so should have been matter. the team that moved to L.A., and, but that's another story. Yeah, it's okay. I know. But, hey, we get the Los Angeles Chargers now, so. Oh, for all 12 fans to go to that? <laughs> You that mean, is a, that is an absolute joke. If you are playing in a twenty-seven thousand seat stadium, that's a soccer stadium, and most of the fans are wearing red because the Chiefs are playing the Chargers, you might want to reevaluate. Yeah. And didn't they talk about? I mean, maybe this was towards the end of last year. Didn't they talk about the NFL like forcing, almost forcing them to go back to San Diego? I think that's probably going to happen soon if they don't like get, get good. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Are you still looking up Rams stuff? Yeah. So yeah, for so Tony Banks was the starter from '96 to '98, um, and then he left to go to Baltimore. So the Raiders or the Rams picked up Trent Green. But yeah, first three seasons it was Tony Banks, who was kind of young at the time. But um, his rookie year, he did lead the league in a couple. Um, and a couple stats, such as uh, yards gained per pass completion. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he only completed 52% of his passes. <laughs> and also, he led the league in yards lost due to sacks. The, wait, who is this? Uh, Tony Banks. Oh, wow. So Rough. Jeez. Yeah. You know what happened? What happened? He continued to suck for the rest of his career. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um. Other notable backups at some point in their life. Um, Brett Favre from Ad- Atlanta oh, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Green yeah, Bay. That's right. um, There's a really interesting documentary on uh, <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons. His one year he was there because that like you had Brett him. Favre. You had him. You had Deion Sanders on that team. He had Andre Risen, whose girlfriend burnt down his house. It's not just his girlfriend. It was Lisa Left Eye Lopes from uh, from TLC. <laughs> Don't just call her its girlfriend. Okay, sorry. There you go. Cut that off. Well, and, and <laughs> what I think is really funny is on this Fox Sports list, uh, it says he stepped in action in week three when Don Mikowski. Uh, oh, yeah, the great Don Mikowski. <laughs> Can't forget in, about him. Injured his ankle during the game. He then started in week four and played every game for Green Bay for the next 15 years. <laughs> I don't think Don Mikowski started a whole lot of more games <laughs> for anybody, yeah. probably. Um, That's gotta suck when your backup ends up starting for the next fifteen years. You don't really get a lot of opportunities after that. Steve Young, Steve Young was also playing behind Joe Montana. So. And not only that, that was just a great like in between quarterback oh. battle because like they were both good at the same time. I mean, the other prime was at different times, but they were both like around the same level. I mean, you're, you are, when you look at it, you have two quarterbacks that at any given time, if one of them goes down or one of them isn't having a great day, that you can rely on the next one to go out there. That was because uh, I remember NFL did a top 10 quarterback controversies, and uh, young Montana in the late 80s, early 90s, that was number one. Man, I, it's hard to argue against it. They both won Super Bowls. Yeah. Both were very good. Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady, I mean. Drew Bledsoe, the guy I always think is Vinny Testaverde. <laughs> That'd be fair. Because <laughs> whenever people are like, oh, who played before so-and-so? And the first thing that pops in my head is probably Vinny Testaverde. <laughs> like, like who, who did they take the starting job from? <laughs> it's either Drew Bledsoe or Vinny Testaverde. It's one of the two. Oh, yeah. Is is generally how that that's song and dance work. And it's but. not like, and honestly, though, to be fair, both of them are pretty good quarterbacks. Vinny Testaverde, I know, led the NFL I mean, in yeah. yards one year, like in 99, I think. And it's not that, you know, I'm not saying it because they they weren't. But, I mean, it's absolutely true. <laughs> it's like, and and when you think about it, how, how much different were they really? Didn't they wear the same number, too? Didn't they both wear 11? Oh, probably. It, it doesn't matter. It's Vinny Testaverde and True Blood, so they're not listening. Um, I mean, it'd be cool if they did. Aaron, <laughs> hey, I'd be okay with it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers makes the list. Yeah. Back up Brett Favre. Yeah. I mean, that's... That's got to be nice to be a Green Bay Packers fan. 
<laughs> I mean, and, so when okay. it comes to quarterbacks. Here you go. Here, here's what I saw. It's from a guy I don't like a whole lot on on Twitter, but he, no. Oh. Um, Nick Wright. He works for Fox Sports with Chris Carter. I I don't always agree with him, but there are times where I do. Um, and the reason I usually don't is because everything that comes out of his mouth is LeBron this, LeBron that. But oh, okay. and it just kind of gets old. But when he has football takes, they're usually pretty, pretty generous. Um, he said, "If you are the Green Bay Packers and you are approaching uh, two decades of being quarterbacked by Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and all you have is two Super Bowls out of it, mm-hmm. was that successful?" And I get that, you know, it's not up to just a quarterback to to win. And the Green Bay's had a lot of, um, if you want to use context here, they haven't had the greatest rosters around them, and they've had a lot of injuries. But like, okay, let's. But they also like they've admittedly said they don't practice like without Aaron Rodgers because why would they? Like, all right, so because he's fragile. Let's name star Packers players in the past. 25 years uh, that, aren't, that aren't quarterbacks. Okay. We're going to name all of them. Amon Green. Amon Green. Uh, Clay Matthews. Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson. AJ Hawk. No. No. Uh, um, Donald Driver. I'd say Donald Driver. I, I always. Uh, Antonio Freeman. Something. It's Gabaja Biamilla. I don't remember his first name. That. <laughs> ha ha Clinton Dix for that just the name alone. Yeah. <laughs> um I'm starting to stall out here. I feel like they had another good running back. I know Brandon Jackson played for him, but I wouldn't really put him up there as like I mean, other than he played for Nebraska, but I mean he was he was a good running back. He wasn't a game changer by any means. John Kuhn out of the backfield. <laughs> um Bubba Franks? No. No, he was good, but he wasn't. I'm just trying to think anything special. They never had peppers for some reason. I thought they had Julius Peppers. That's not right. Um, the Bears did. Um, wow, yeah. Oh, I, Reggie White. Okay. Let's, let me check. I think he was. Well, now I'm trying to think I of wish guys was that here. played I wish, with. I wish, old, I wish Keith was I wish, here. I wish Pops was able to text me and confirm. Calls yeah, in. yeah. Uh, he was. Uh, he was with the Packers for. Six seasons, and he was a pro bowler in each of them, and he was first-team all-pro in three of his seasons at the Packers. So, yeah. Can we think of any more? Because I'm That's it. That's all the guys that they've had. I feel like they've had a couple more guys on defense. Oh, Mason Crosby. Oh, yeah. Seriously, it's it's all been quarterback play. Yeah, it really is, and that's the thing is, well, and – if you, like we said on this list, you can compare a lot of these guys. If you want to compare the Packers quarterbacks and Tom Brady, wh- you know, you can name star players that have played around Brady, but you can't name ones that were there for more than maybe a couple of years. Uh, like yeah, one season he got to play with Randy Moss. They mm-hmm. also lost the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, they broke basically every record that they could at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like. The thing is, is they've been able to have success with anyone you put around them because they are assuming, well, if we have a good quarterback, we're going to be fine. And then they just haven't had as many injuries on defense. And their first three Super Bowls, they had an incredible front seven. And they had a, uh, I always forget his last name, uh, Rodney. um, Harrison. Is that who it was? Their safety, yeah, yeah, and so they had a. I mean, their defense was just great in well, the first yeah, three with, Super Bowls. So yeah, with those first, and one of them they could have lost. I mean, with Vinatieri, like that's another, that's Vin, an added. Wait, Vinatieri, right? For the Patriots, yeah, no, wasn't he didn't it play for the Patriots. Bledsoe was the Patriot. Adam Vinatieri. He played for the Jets and for the. Adam Vinatieri, the kicker. Oh wait, Adam Vinatieri. I was thinking Testaverde. I was. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah. That's, I keep, yeah. You know what? I mean, he's the reason that the Rams lost. Oh, yeah. By himself. Yeah. yeah. Testaverde. I don't know. I just, once I hear his name, I can't stop thinking about him. <laughs> I told you. They, it's easy to mix him up. So, all right. Um, 
yeah, with the first couple Super Bowls that the Patriots won, like they had a decent offense, but like it was, it was all their like pass defense, like because oh, they, they had because all it was like there was you know Rodney Harrison, uh, Ty Law mm-hmm. as well. Ty Law was one of the best you know safeties around at the time, and they had they had a decent receiver core for for Brady as well. Um, Teddy Bruce, Troy Brown, uh, linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they had Keith a... Trailer, I think, at one point. I don't know if they he won a Super Bowl with them, but he was definitely a guy to have. So that's it's just an interesting debate to have is sh- should the Packers have been more successful in the past two decades with the quarterbacks that they've had? You could say yes. Yeah, but it's just hard to build people around that, especially when you're in a market like a Green Bay. Or lack thereof. <laughs> well, and you look at other places that have had I mean, hell look at Look at New Orleans. I mean, Drew Brees has been there since 2006. And, like, yeah, they've only won one Super Bowl. But he's had enough. He's had so many guys around him that, I mean, their offense is always really good. And their defense is pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. They just have some ups and downs in, in the conference that they play in or the division that they play in. But um, do you have a – I from this list, I have a personal favorite just because he helped Washington win a – um, Super Bowl, but do you have a Gus personal? Ferrat? <laughs> is that your is that your favorite quote? No. no. Oh, okay. Uh, but Nick Foles makes the list. Obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, he took over for the Eagles two different times, um, and then I think he's still. I guess this would be week two. I don't know if Foles or Wentz is playing this week, but um, and then Big Ben actually made the list too. Um, over Tommy Maddox. Mm-hmm. And he... AFL or XFL MVP Tommy Maddox. <laughs> Tommy Maddox started the first three games in 2004, but was mediocre and then got hurt. So all Roethlisberger did was was go 13-0. and He made it 14-0 and with an overtime win over the Jets in the divisional round. Yeesh. That's a pretty good... Uh, that was his rookie year, too. Yeah. That was his rookie wow. year. So, not... Not too uh, high on that list, but, uh, but yeah, Doug Williams, backup quarterback, helped win a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl MVP. Um, most notably, as it says here, out-dueled Elway. So. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I mean, number one is going to be Kurt Warner, just because I think probably my favorite single-season NFL team was like the 99 Rams. Um, but... Uh, Cunningham and Steve Young are tied as a close second because I like my running quarterbacks, and they're both pretty good in the original backyard football. So, backyard football. Oh, not as good as backyard baseball. But I'll, yeah, I'll, but give, I'll give you that. I'll give you close. that. Uh, so Jake, it's that yes. time of show where we focus on baseball. And yeah, we got 20 minutes left, so that's I don't know that's if that's enough, enough time, but <laughs> we're going over. No. All right, so go ahead and start. I need to. How did how did you find uh, the MVPs in this thing? What I did was I'd click on seasons, individual seasons, and I click for a, I look for a, a actually a quicker way of doing it. Search a player that you know was an MVP. Pedro Martinez. Go to Pedro Martinez. Which one? And you can see on their seasons they have, like, MVP or Cy Young. Right. Click on those, and it'll send you right to the awards for that year. Oh. And then you can click for different years. Okay. Scrolling through. All right. All right. So now that you got it. So originally what we were going to talk about was Jacob deGrom. Yep. Is my personal favorite for the Cy Young. Um, but he could be the first guy with a losing record. First, first starter, I first think. First starter with a losing um, record. 2003, I don't remember the guy's name now. Eric but Gagne? I, I think so. He won. Detroit Tigers pitcher. Oh, because I was thinking. Uh, Maybe not. Maybe it was no, the wrong team. Right, you, hey, last week we talked about the 2003 Detroit Tigers. That's there's right. There's no way they could have had a Cy yeah, Young. It wasn't 03. With a 1.5 <laughs> whip. <laughs> That's not Cy Young numbers. Are you sure? Uh, yes. Um. I don't. It was, but it was a relief pitcher. I think it was two thousand. Well, I know that the Tigers, in two thousand three, um, the Dodgers had Eric Gagne win. Maybe it was Dodgers, and I just, I read it as he won Detroit a, Tigers. A reliever. So. 
Speaking uh, of backyard baseball, he was very good in that game. So like oh six. I don't so, remember. So Jacob Degrom's trying to become the first starting pitcher to have a losing record, but win the because Cy Young. Wins and losses don't matter. <laughs> especially when you're the Mets. Especially yeah, especially when you're the Mets. I mean, you look at some of the pitchers that have gone through the Mets organization and you almost you almost feel bad because they should have and and someone said yesterday that when was the last time the Mets were relevant? I was like, well, you know, they did play in a World Series like two years ago. But, I mean, when were they relevant before that? Got a text from old Pops. Oh. By the way. Keith so talking to, Yeah, apparently. So he just wanted to let us know that um, Jeff Hostetler uh, for the New York Giants was a big replacement who replaced Phil Simms and won a Super Bowl. I, so, I think that was on the list. I just didn't quite get there. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. But anyway, so good, good on him. So glad that we got some more information. Anyway, going back to what we were discussing. So the only times I feel that wins and losses is notable is I remember uh, Carlos Zambrano in two thousand six um, had a record of like seventeen and eight, yet the Cubs only won like sixty five games. <laughs> and it's like, okay, that's pretty impressive. Now part of it though was he also had a good bat on him, so. That also boosted their offensive numbers when he was uh, playing. So there is that as well. But anyway, yeah. So in the skates of Jacob DeGrom, he has unbelievable numbers, but no one can back him up on it. And I would say I don't see why he doesn't have the award. What's his, like, you have his numbers up. What's yep. his ERA? Okay, and, so uh, he's got an, he has eight, he's eight wins, nine losses. His war is 8.8. He has more wait, he has more wins above replacement than he does actual wins. Yeah. Um <laughs> ERA doesn't matter. ERA one point seven one. Yeesh. Uh twenty nine games. Twenty nine games started, hundred and ninety five innings pitched, two hundred and thirty nine strikeouts. Wait, so almost half of his games were no decisions. Yeah. So of of his twenty nine games, only seventeen of them have had a decision. God, their bullpen must suck. Let me look at their uh, um, bullpen numbers. Like you were saying, innings pitch one hundred ninety five, strikeouts two hundred and thirty nine. Um, his WHIP is point nine five four. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, the numbers for their uh, relievers right now, and they're kind of not good. So there's two guys with a sub three ERA. Which is a good start, um, but one has a 1.2 WHIP. One has just above a one, so pretty good. But after that, it's like WHIP 1.2, 1. 1.4, 1. uh, 1.2. There's a guy with, um, you know, a four ERA, a five. They don't have a great bullpen, and that can really back it up. And also their offensive numbers, they are in the lower half in literally every they're in the lower half of the national league in every single offensive category or upper half in the bad statistics for every category except for uh oh they're in the they're seventh in walks and they're fourth in triples besides that they're they're not giving up a lot of walks because they're giving up let's see um, oh, this is their offense. I was thinking. Yeah, of their, I was thinking of their offense. pitching staff. I didn't and, say, yeah, they're not giving up a lot of walks because they're giving up more hits. But. Yeah, and uh, they're 11th overall out of 15 National League teams in runs scored. So, in other words, they do not have a decent team. They don't have or a serviceable decent offense. offense that can really, yeah. Can really and and I guess I don't know what the rest of their. I mean, we can look it up, but I don't know what the rest of their pitching staff looks like. But the fact that Jacob Degrom is, like you said. He has more wins above replacement than actual wins because, again, I mean, what, 12 of his games have had a no decision. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, uh, those are 12 games that were just, like, left out there that either his offense was so bad that they couldn't even muster up a couple more runs or they couldn't muster up any runs when he was out there, so he came out and the game was tied. So it's like... <laughs> Mm-hmm. But he's not getting any help from from any of his batters. Yeah, not only that, but I was looking at more of the I was looking at the statistics like some more of uh, the regular starting. Actually, okay, this is kind of confusing um, because it says it has Brandon Nimmo. He's also batting one seventy seven. 
Brandon Nimmo is has uh yeah this is really confusing because he has played like most of the games this season he's played 125 games yet they don't list him in the regular roster but anyway so i just saw that he is one of two guys on the regular roster to have an ops above 0.8 he's got an 887 ops and then um second baseman Estrubal Cabrera um, has an 817, but he's on the disabled list right now, and he's missed quite a few games. So, bad offense. Yeah, not good. Seven, 706 OPS, which is 12th in the National League, but if it was like 1985, they'd be like on fire <laughs> offensively. It's like, oh, you're batting 225? Well, hopefully, I bet you're a pretty good fielder, so that's okay. All right. Well, and as you look at, you, you may have already said this, but team pitching, team ERA, the team itself for the Mets is 419. Mm-hmm. And DeGrom is 171. Mm-hmm. So he is he's almost three points better than his entire team. And I get that, like, yeah, an individual is probably going to be better than, you know, an entire pitching staff, but still. Yeah, also, yeah. So Jacob DeGrom. Uh, number one on the team in war, 8.8. Number two, 4.1. He has doubled the number two guy. Two and three. Say that one more time. So, Jacob DeGrom has an 8.8 war, as we've said a million times. Yeah. Number two is Wait, Zach. Jacob DeGrom has an 8.8 war. <laughs> Zach Wheeler is number two with a 4.1. If you add up the two and three guys, uh, Zach Wheeler and Brandon Nimmo, as I mentioned previously, together... They still don't have the same number of wins above replacement as DeGrom does. So, Jeez. They probably also don't have the same amount of wins as Jacob DeGrom does. Do they have more or less combined? Um, well, Zach Wheeler has more, and Brandon Nimmo is a position player. Oh. oh. But added together, they don't have the same wins above replacement. For some reason, I th- again, oh, it's, it's confusing because we're talking about a pitcher, and I, I think that... We keep talking about only pitchers, so that's my fault. Um, well, Jake, as so obviously he's going for some some small bit of history because sm- I say small, but it's pretty big. Um, with I, I, I'm just trying to think like who would win the Cy Young over him in the NL. Like I can only think of a couple of guys. I just uh, remember looking and at I, that. I mean, I'm partial to uh, Aaron Nola, who reached 200. And, you know, strikeouts, but he, I don't think his the rest of his numbers are nearly as good as Jacob Degrom right now, which I can find. But I I'm just like trying to think who else would would even contend for it. At it's time to look at uh who is leading in. Um, I did find Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola is. He's sixteen and five for for wins and losses. He also has an eight point eight WAR. Um, he's pitched in thirty games, so just one more than Degrom. Oh, Max Scherzer. Oh, Max Scherzer. Duh. Seventeen and six with a two three one ERA and a WHIP of eight eight three. That's that's that WHIP is really impressive. Um, to finish out Nola. Oh, and twelve strikeouts per nine innings. <clears throat> 193 innings pitched, 201 strikeouts, 0.971 for a whip. What's the strikeouts per nine? Um, I don't. Let me find it. It's on the. It's like to the farthest left. Strikeouts per nine. Per right. 9.3. That's that's still that's still more than one an inning. That's you know as a starter, that's yeah. good. So, strikeouts to walk ratio is almost four to one. Wow. Wow. Jeez. Um. So with that being said, Jake, I know this is um, a sore subject. <laughs> yeah, this one hits really hits home. No pun intended. Uh, the MVP award, along with Cy Young, like we've said a lot of times, isn't going to go to the guy that's most valuable because if if the <laughs> if the Mets had a better offense, Degrom is almost single handedly carrying them to a, a winning season. I would think, but. At this time, it's, I don't want to say it looks bleak, but he probably won't get it. 
But there have been some other controversies, controversies, um, of course, surrounding the, the steroid era. And one, one of them specifically, and we've talked about it before, and we'd probably need multiple shows to let you vent it all out. But yeah. um, this is 98 a, or 99? This is a one of, well, there's multiple seasons <laughs> around that all time. Of, all of the 90s? Uh, yeah, really. So there are multiple seasons. Uh, or actually, first of all, let me just start off by saying this is part one of four. <laughs> But no, okay. So I really, it, all MVP awards of every single kind are just a flavor of the flavor of the year kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's just who's popular, and that's with almost any award. You look at, and I've said this about the Heisman Award. It just goes to whoever's on the best, the best player on the best team. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, like Lamar Jackson, he should have won two in a row. Like if you look at those numbers, his, he his no second season was better than the year that he won the Heisman. Yeah, but Baker Mayfield plays for Oklahoma and he grabbed his crotch on the sideline, <laughs> so and out and couldn't outrun the police. Oh yeah, exactly. It's like, but yeah. By the way, Cleveland. Now that I think about it, do you really think a five eleven white guy who can't outrun the police is going to be a good quarterback? They tried that once already. <laughs> Johnny Mansell. They tried it a bunch. Yeah. Anyway. To Rod. But where the idea of this being a flavor of the moment thing really is bad was during the steroid era because, I mean, of course, home run and offensive numbers were just through the roof. And so people kind of overlooked some of those because they just got so used to it that you look at some of the guys and some of the numbers that were being put up around the late 90s and you see where they were put in the MVP voting and it's like, Okay, come on. Like, what are we doing here? Um, well, and then one of the years, I don't remember if it was 98 or 99, like the eighth or ninth best player are, had a had a case to win the MVP because of how, how high um, his OPS was. Well, there's multiple like that. Um, so I'm looking at 90. Again, the so I'm, looking at, so I'm looking at 99 right now. <laughs> and so Chipper Jones... Had a good season. He had an OPS above one, and I'll say this. You should be legally, if you have an OPS above one in a, like in a full season, you have to be a spokesman for a major company. Like you're like It's like Chipper Jones. you got an OPS above one. You have to make four 30-second commercials for McDonald's. Like the, you're, you're a superstar once that happens. Yeah. And if you have a 1.1... Like, unless you cut off your girlfriend's, the head of your girlfriend's cat, like uh, Kevin Mitchell did, um, you're automatically in the Hall of Fame. That's what, that's how it should work. Because Kevin Mitchell's not going to go in the Hall of Fame. He was too crazy for it. But Chipper Jones, OPS above one, fair, good season, 45 home runs, 110 RBI, 25 steals, 319 batting average. That's, that's a really good season. However, however, <laughs> you look at some of the other numbers that were being put up that season, and it's like, okay, Sammy Sosa, 63 home runs, OPS above one, ninth place in the voting, no first place votes. Mark McGuire, 1.12 OPS, 301 batting average. Wait, no, wait, wait, wait. No, 65 no, home wait. runs. Don't forget 65, that. Yeah, 65 home runs. He didn't bat, three, bat a 278, but still, 65 home runs, Good 147 enough. RBIs, no first place votes. Matt Williams, with an OPS below .9, finishes with two first place votes in third place, while Larry Walker finishes with an OPS of 1.168 and a 379 batting average in a 37 home runs and 127 games. With 11 stolen bases, 10th place, no first place votes. We're going to keep going. 19th place is Brian Giles, batting 315, 39 home runs, OPS above 1, 19th place, as I said. Barry Bonds finishes in 24th place. In 102 games, he hits 34 home runs, and bats 262, which is not great. OPS above 1. You want to keep going? <laughs> I can keep going. I can go for a long time. Trevor Hoffman, 28th. 28th. He OPS had an OPS at one. Of one. Only 60 games. Along with pitching. <laughs> Along with pitching, yeah. 40, uh, 46. Okay. Um, wait, wait, wait. 
Oh, we're already at that time. I know. Wow. Yeah, we're going to have to continue this. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I know, we, we started to run out of time there at the end, but... Never forget Barry Bonds finishing in 24th place with an OPS above one. <laughs> How many home runs? 30... 30 34 and 100 games. <laughs> I hate the MVP voting. Especially in the night, because like, people are like, yeah, he hit 60 home runs. Quickly, and I know I've said this in the other uh, steroid episode that we did, we'll probably do another one. Smaller ballparks, uh, steroids don't make you better at seeing a 90-mile-hour fastball, but who are we shouting out to? Jake? Well, we're shouting out to Roley. We're not shouting out to Ender, Edgar Alfonso, who finished eighth over Sammy Sosa and Larry Walker and Brian Giles and Barry Bonds that year. That was ridiculous. We're shouting out to Roley. Shout out to Mustache Man. Got a shout out to my dad. Shout out to Whirly. Shout out to Pot Roast. And we got a shout out to all the mommies keeping it high and tight. And that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, For Jake Larson, I'm Colton Stone. This has been Chasing History. We'll catch you guys 10 a.m. next Friday. Keep it high and tight. Woo!